Bill Walton comes to mind. Yeah, because you would go smoke weed with him at a Grateful <laughs> Dead concert, you freak. Well, what's the other one now? What's the new one? The Dead Company. No, those are the New York Mets. <laughs> We're bringing the joke back. Exactly. You're listening to the New Jersey Guys podcast, talking all things sports by the fans for the fans. And now your starting lineup, Chris Swenderman and Dan Tantillo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the New Jersey Guys Sports Podcast. I am Chris Swenderman, along with me, my partner in crime on the other side of the board, my main man, Dan Tantillo. Danny boy, how you doing? I'm good, man. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm as good as it's going to be. Really? Why is that? Well, you see, the Mets suck. Wow. You came out swinging this morning. Yeah. I think that opens up us up right to our brand new feature that we started here last week we debuted last week it's the Mets Misery Minute with your faithful miserable Met fan Dan Tantillo take it away Dan hello there so we have had a short week since we've last spoken we're recording this episode early because one Chris Swenneman will be in Florida in said time the Mets have been swept twice both by the Milwaukee Brewers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Get out your brooms, fans! It's a sweep. They have fallen to 16-23 and 23 overall. Third place in the NL East. Eight and a half games behind first place, Washington. But is all hope lost? All hope... Is absolutely lost. What? This team, this season's over, man. This season is absolutely over. There's nothing that this team can do anymore to get to the point where they need to win. They're just, between the injuries, the lack of management, it's just, it sounds way too familiar. So you're saying there's a chance? Uh, no. Because so far, Halloween's a bigger letdown than being a Mets fan. Opening day, and here's the first pitch, and the season's over. <laughs> the only oh, thing that would have made boy. that better is if it was a little bit more of the... If we were talking like this, if it was the 1940s instead of the 1920s or whatever. I love it. I I, love it's so funny. I'm not even a favorite. Family Guy fan, but that's just hysterical. That is one of my favorite um, all-time clips. I love that. So, yeah, I think the season's actually over now. The meter was a little bit of hope. I have lost that hope. I think the wow. season's done. There's nothing really to do. What's there to do? With at this point, with all the injuries, I think that if you have a player now who's a little bit tweaked or he's feeling some kind of an injury, just just sit him. Don't risk injuring him long term. We got a lot of young guys. Bring them up. Let them. Let's see what they have. Because at this point, there's nothing. Does hurt pride count as an injury? Can you sit for that? <laughs> well, that's the fans. The fans are all sitting. <laughs> Put the that's, fans on the DL. The fans are on the DL with this team for real. Well, I have before we go on to our next topic. Yeah, um, I have a couple quotes for you from this week. What do you got? So, quote: We don't play too good. It's not just one thing. There's a lot of stuff happening right now. It's going to get better. We're not going to play the whole season like this. Jose Reyes. Yeah, from the worst hitting player on the team besides Granderson. But go oh, ahead. Really? Uh, yeah. we're, we're not going to stay the whole season playing like this. Oh, gee, thanks. Like that, he was that's so-, <laughs> so assuring to me. You know what I? I'm 100% behind you, and I believe you, Jose. I believe you. Like every Met fan was going, well, this is about as good as it's going to get. Right. So I guess uh, we're just... Uh, another quote, very interesting one. Yeah. Overall, the last three or four starts have been terrible. Matt Harvey. Well, really? no crap. Are you kidding? This guy just... Yeah, Harvey, I'm, I'm over Harvey. 
I'm I like over every, him completely. I think every Met fan is from the Golden Boy to the Doghouse. To think to think that he once had trade value. Oh my goodness! I th- well, if, listen, if he can't make it for the Mets, he can uh, get a secondary job as uh, Captain Obvious in those hotel commercials. Boom. Uh, the last one, my favorite for the week. Uh, we will probably give um, Cabrera a day off tomorrow. Let him get some treatment on it. Uh, that said by Terry Collins, manager of the Mets. The next day, Cabrera went on the DL. So uh, they're real accurate in their uh, in their it's assessments. It's comical of the at this point, man. It's stuff that you can't make up, and it's just stuff that you've seen over you cannot, and over again. You cannot make this up whatsoever. I mean, I it it literally is a comedy routine. So at this point. I would say I am like like we said before, the season's over. There's no t- chance that this team makes the playoffs under this current condition. I would go right now, ninety five percent season over, five percent chance. Wow. It to the playoffs. 5%. wow. No turning around for the No amazing, turning around, huh? man. It's it's getting ugly. All right. Well, on to our next topic. Something the Mets know nothing about. Excessive celebrations. Uh, and that's so, how Danny Tantillo died. Exactly. <laughs> so we want to know. Um, Julio Tehran, uh, the pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, yeah. hit Jose Batista um, the day after he had a home. He hit a home run and he did his uh, famous bat flip, yeah. where he kind of flips it out like, "Oh, yep, that's a home run." Yep, I know it. I'm going to show off and and flip my bat and look at me and I'm going to celebrate it as I jog around the bases. Well, yeah. the next day, uh, Julio took exception to that and plunked him. Yeah, and then what happened after that, Chris? Well, um, I believe the uh, bench is cleared. Yep. And there was uh, a little pushing and shoving. But, um, you know, nothing too major. But this is something that uh, irks me to no end. And you know what? Uh, guys like Batista, the the very showy, you know, uh, flamboyant guys, when they hit a home run, they, it's a big spectacle. Congratulations. You hit a home run. So did my nephew in Little League. But you know what? Act like you've done it before. Take the Barry Sanders route to things. Act like you've actually done it before. I, You know what? I don't blame uh, Julio Tehran for, for plunking him. Give him a little shot on the butt. Give him a little throw at him. Hit him. You know, plunk him on the butt or the or the thigh. Um, you know, nothing higher than that. But, you know, tell him. Was that, all right, you want to show off? Well, now you're going to get a little uh, Now you're gonna get a little fastball to the butt. Yeah, the and then what, did, but then what did Batista do? He lasered a double off right. of him in his next at bat. Well, and I don't think that's the way of retaliation. So if we were going back to kind of like what we were saying a couple weeks ago, right. when we were talking about are they throwing too many pitches at batters, um, I say let Jose Batista celebrate. If anything, use that as fuel for you to motivate you to get him out the next time. There's always going to be the overconfident player. There's always going to be the one that's cocky, the one that opposing fans and players dislike. Use that to your advantage. I think it's fun. I love the bad flips. I, I, I have no use for it whatsoever. Why? You know what? It's, it's you not know, harming anything. You know what Batista's bat flip got him? A punch in the face by Rodan Odor. It, does, it doesn't matter, though, because Batista's clocked. still slugging the ball. Well, Somebody slugged him, too, yeah, and pretty that well. Was, how fun was that? Oh, I that loved was funny. It. I loved I don't, it. I don't, I don't see any issues. Smoke it, mister. I don't see any issues with this. I think it's fun, and I think if you're going to use... Excessive celebration, you have to be confident and have the swagger about you to know that you're able to do that. I think that there's only a few players in the league 
that can have such Batista's a confidence. Batista's not one of them. Yeah, he's close, man. He's a slugger. You know what? Yep, he's a slugger. Congratulations. A lot of other guys could hit the ball out, too. Marcus Stroman, your pitcher the other night, just went yard, too. Do you see him bat flip? I mean, come on. It, look at the sweetest swing I've ever seen in my life was Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, he's my favorite. Sweetest swing ever. Yeah. Was he ever flipping the bat? No. No, but you don't. You can have different kinds of personalities in the game. You can, and then but the, that, and then you could choose. You can have a player to love, and you can have a player to hate. There's but, nothing wrong with that. Batista is the type of guy that's going to do it, whether he's up ten or down ten. And I think it's ridiculous. I don't. I don't see an issue, and I think that if anything, it's an example. If, if you're going to say that it's an, a bad example for the kids, for example, right? Because kids, kids do do kid, it now. Yeah, okay, they do it, but then they're going to get punished for it, and they won't do that again. Everybody wants their sports center minute. Yeah, okay, that's true, but. You know, I, I'm not the type of player who would do such a thing, and I, you know, I'm not that kind of person, but if I were to see that in the game, that's something that I would use as fuel to make me more, to to go ahead and use that as an advantage, as a swinging point to, all right, I'm going to get this guy now. I really want to get this guy right, out. Use it for your, own, for your own momentum. I get it, but... In the same sense, I just don't think there's a place for it. I think somebody who kind of did it, and I enjoyed as much as being a Yankee fan, and I hate to say this, Poppy. Poppy kind of did it in a way where he wasn't showing somebody up. He didn't, The flip of the bat is so annoying. It's like, yep, I got it. Yeah. I want to see him flip the bat one day, and it doesn't go out, or somebody catches it. Yeah. I, I, just, I get that. Go scratch. But Jose like Batista, but I, I think I think that it's I think that it's up for that player if he wants to be able to do it. Just know that there can be consequences, and if you're worried about it setting an example for your children, if they choose to go that way, if you're a young kid and you're playing sports and they choose to do that, you're either getting tossed from the game or you're getting benched, and you won't do that again. So, it's like just, in the NFL, for example, when they have the the celebrations where you know an NFL player can't do anything after scoring a touchdown with a get, without getting well yeah that's true drunk. i mean they're they're to the extreme on the other end where i mean you can't you know you you can barely spike the ball and i think that that's going to come to an end before long i think it's fun because i think that it's fun to have a villain and i think that it's it's fun to always have somebody like oh like if you liked every single player that was playing the sport that you're watching if nobody got on your nerves if nobody frustrated you just by the, their attitude or their character then that wouldn't make the game as fun as it is you the, have to have some enemies the same guy would frustrate me hitting a home run because i don't like him anyway because he's on the opposite team okay i mean it, it's just as plain as that like it just adds fuel to the fire i think and it causes more but that's more good add the fuel to the ah. fire and then use that to your advantage no I don't know, man. There's no, there's no, there's no need to be flipping bats and the the, the what's the other one? The kind of half up first base trot like that. Yeah. Like they do the slide halfway up and just watch it go. Yeah. Like I mean, come on! Like you've never seen one of your home runs and the trajectory of it. That's why they have instant replay. You can watch it later. Yeah, I don't know. With me, if I was a pitcher and I saw a player doing that, it would just make me really want to get him the next time and just shut him up. There's a way to shut him up. And the way to shut him up is to get him out. Punch him in the face like Odor. Or you could or you could take that route. I like my route. And what could have seemed like a punch in the face is the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Oh. Really? <laughs> How about that? Well, just let me, uh, you know, put everything on the table. Yeah, sure. What we're about to talk about. And the, and the uh, New Jersey Nets, or Brooklyn Nets now. So I, I almost can, did the I, same uh, exact Brooklyn thing. Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it's so so many years of that. Um, 
and they use a futility uh, have probably come, I mean, to the boiling point. This may be the worst trade in history. I am a diehard Celtics fan. So I'm going to let you How did you that t- happen, by the way? Larry Bird, baby. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. I didn't get to see him. So I, um, Larry Bird, Danny Ainge, Kevin McHale, Parrish, Dennis Johnson. They, that was my, that, those were my guys when I was younger. Yes. And it just stuck with me. But, um, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, Danny, because as a Celtic fan, I have nothing but I'm going to go do a bat flip outside to this. Cause yeah, this is something I, that you can be excited I, about. I can be excited about it as a sports so. fan because it's absolutely so ridiculous. So the Boston Celtics were announced as the recipient of the number one overall NBA draft pick Tuesday night. Uh, the Celtics, and the reason that they got this is because in 2013, they traded away Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce to the Nets for a bounty of first round picks. And the Celtics received the third overall pick last year from the Nets, who, frankly, they got these players while they were aging. Right. And you should have known going into it that they only had a few years left and they aren't really worth a first round pick. I believe they also sent the bag of magic beans to the Nets. It's crazy. Because I I don't know how Danny Ainge, our now GM, pulled this off, but... It is one of the worst trades I have yeah. ever, ever seen in my lifetime. It's just, it only benefits the one team. And I, I think, well, let's think back a little bit. When you first saw this deal back in 2013 as a Celtics fan, what were your overall reactions? My first reaction was I was brokenhearted. I'll tell you why. Because of Pierce? Because of Pierce. Yeah. Paul Pierce is my favorite Celtic. I love Paul Pierce with a passion. I love the what the game he played. I love Garnett's passion for the game that, that, you know, he's not an original Celtic, but still he was a great player, brought us to championship. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I looked at, it, I was like, wow, they did get a haul for this. I yeah. mean, that was a lot of picks. And Oh, by the way, we're not done. Yeah. They get that. The Nets pick and the Nets are still going to suck next year. Let's face it. Sure. They're still going to get the next, the Nets pick next year. Wow. As well. They could build a dynasty off this one trade. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and this is... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. When this deal was done, was this as soon as the Nets got new ownership? It was soon thereafter. Okay. Yes. Okay. So they were looking to make a splash. Yeah, now... And put butts in the seats. It's very interesting because um, the way that the NBA does their draft, if you're in, unfamiliar, they do a lottery system. So it's not like the NFL where the team with the worst pick... Sorry, the team with the worst record gets the number one pick. It doesn't work that way in the NBA. It happens where they put all of these teams into one giant like lottery-looking... And you get ping-pong balls. And you get ping-pong balls, and that's how you determine the team. Like, is that is that a fair way? Is this outdated? Should this have even been implemented in the first place? What are your thoughts on the lottery overall? I mean... Right now, it's a great system. I love it <laughs> because you're, this is the greatest system ever. But America. even if, but even if, even if there wasn't the lottery, did the Nets have the worst record in the NBA last year? Yes, so that's how the Celtics if, got got right. the um, the highest percentage chance of getting the first overall pick. Right, but there has been times in the past where the team with the worst record does not get correct. Uh, in fact, that's happened actually often. only the last three years in a row consecutively. Actually, yeah, the last three years. Has the NBA team with the worst record gotten the first overall pick? Before that, I think it went over 10 years without that actually happening. Now, do we think that that's fair and it's... I think it's an interesting system. And I think it it keeps teams from totally tanking. That's but, a good point. 
because in a way you don't really have a reason to come in last. I mean, you you have a better shot at getting the first overall pick, but it's not a guarantee. Right, as if you were the the one in 15 Cleveland Browns who you exactly. knew you were getting the number one pick. Exactly. So right. I think teams try to remain competitive somewhat, but I think it's detrimental in a way because you could be one of the worst overall teams and still not pick in the top three. Yeah, that's you know, that's it, it, where I have an issue. Right. That's where it gets a little bit tricky because most of the teams that are bad, they are don't bad stay, for a reason. Yeah, they're bad for a reason, but they don't stay too. At least in the NBA, they don't stay too bad for too long. Normally, right? If you're in the rebuilding phase, it usually takes you a little bit to rebuild, but then you you're back competing again. But I mean, look at it this way: look at a team like Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland was bad for a very long time. They got the number one pick. LeBron James. Right. LeBron left. They get the number one they pick. They get the number one pick again. Take another superstar. They come and now LeBron comes back and you know, they have now they have LeBron and Kyrie Irving. So you yeah, know, you're it's crazy. At, you're looking at they built a dynasty technically twice. And now they have a real I mean, a powerhouse. But I don't know if every team is built to do that. So I don't know. I, I like the lottery. I think it's it makes it more like I was actually sitting there watching it Tuesday night. I was on the edge okay. of my couch. I'm like, come on, come on, number one. Like as it's coming down, like the the lowest the Celtics could have picked they could have had was four. Yeah. So once four came out and it was Phoenix, I was like, oh baby. No, and it builds the excitement. I kind of like it. Um, it's not just like, oh hey, the season's over. Oh, the Nets have the worst record, and here are the side. I think it's a, I think it's something fun for the fans. But as far as if I'm an owner, I don't know if I really like this setup. Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating, and um, I get where people are frustrated with it, but it's crazy. And uh, let's just also put this into a, a little bit of context. The Celtics are still playing in the playoffs, right? With the number one seed overall in the East, by the way. So let's just keep that in mind when you think that the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference now has the number one pick. Right. Has that ever happened before? And actually, I think I've read an art. I read an article where the Celtics weren't even the best overall team that's had the number one pick the next year. There was actually somebody better. I'm going to look that up. But there was actually a better team than the Celtics in, in the NBA history that had that had a great record and wound up with the number one pick the next year. That's pretty cool. Um, it's it's crazy how how the whole thing. Happened and but definitely if you're scaling this, one of the worst trades in sports history. Yeah, not I, even NBA. Yeah, sports. Sports. I history. mean, the other ones that come to mind when we're talking about trades, I guess would be Dallas, Dallas, Dallas with, and Minnesota. Yep, they traded Herschel Walker and they got a bevy of picks. Yeah, include that included Russell Maryland, Emmett Smith, Nate. Uh, no, not Nate Noon, but there was somebody else in there. I, I mean, there was uh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they got a haul, and then I think. You can even have the Redskins Rams in this conversation with the RG three, Ricky deal. Williams in New Orleans, and Ricky Williams in New Orleans. Yeah, there's a lot of poor trades out there. I do think that this is one of the ones. I think this has got to be one of the worst, if not the worst, deals you'll ever see in our lifetime. Yeah, it's. A, it's I un- mean, it's unfortunate for uh, for New Yorkers who are Nets fans and don't have really anything to look forward to. Um, but if huh. you happen to be in New York a few days ago. You may have been interviewed by a young fellow. Wearing glasses. Wearing glasses. Sitting at a random desk. Sitting at a desk in the middle of New York City. And you may have not known who that person was. Apparently a lot of people didn't. 
They did not because uh, the major league leader in home runs and rookie sensation Aaron Judge did a skit on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon in which he talked to all kinds of Yankees fans in the city about himself. I love yep. I love skits like these. I think they're so fun and amusing. I, I know. And they thought his name was Adam. <laughs> I saw that. And they did it a, a few years back with uh, Matt Harvey. And let's just hope that that's everything right. that's happening with Judge, I don't want to wish oh, that upon goodness, him. Goodness, no. Even though I am a Mets fan, I wouldn't wish that upon him. Um, I do. I think it's so cool to see athletes in the spotlight when it's not necessarily on the field. And that same thing is going to happen to a one Peyton Manning. Yeah, look at Peyton in retirement. Uh, he's keeping busy. He oh, oh absolutely. You he, cannot escape Peyton Manning, even if you no. wanted to. And that's going to also be the case on July twelfth, where Peyton Manning is going to host the ESPY Awards. It's an award show hosted by ESPN, where they you know the fans vote for their favorites. It's like the Oscars sports. of sports. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think I like the way that they've been doing the ESPYs. Yeah. I don't think it really means anything. I thought John Cena was a great host last year. John Cena was a great host, and that's kind of getting into this topic. Where what are some of those roles that you've seen an athlete in that wasn't on the field that just brought you joy? I think people enjoy seeing their favorite athletes off the field when you kind of peel back the cover, that yeah. competitive cover, and see not necessarily what they're like, but them step out of their normal way of life. Yeah, and it's a it's little fun. It's a little bit of getting outside of the comfort zone. And I think something that's cool about it is, say this is a player that you're not necessarily a fan of. Right. You start to understand them a little bit more. Right. Correct. My example being, I was not a huge LeBron James fan, but LeBron James in the Amy Schumer movie Trainwreck hysterical. was hysterical, as was our boy John Cena. Oh, absolutely. It, I was going to say, only trumped by John Cena. Yeah, if you if you are hanging out in the New Jersey 101.5 studios at any given day, you will yes. probably see Chris and myself watching the clip with John Cena in the movie theater Absolutely. on the date with Amy Schumer. We cannot play that. It has no. got far too many curse words in it. But that was definitely one of the, the most moments recently where I've seen athletes in the spotlight that, you know, really brought me happiness. I, mean, I was cracking up. Look at, look at Peyton. I can recite at least a half a dozen different Peyton Manning commercials yeah. from different sponsors yeah, that sure. he does just because they're so funny. Yeah, but whether it's Papa John's or Direct TV, nationwide, nationwide. I mean, how many people after watching Peyton Manning for weeks on end would say chicken parm you taste so Just good? Just out of the blue. I, I mean, it was everywhere. because it's Peyton. He's likable. He's got that likable factor to him. Yeah, and I think Aaron Judge to some to some extent has this. I think um, I think there are certain guys that just have it. Yeah, that just. You're drawn to them, and you're like, "Wow, this is somebody that's just really like down to earth, really, you know, um, just really somebody I could picture myself hanging out with." I mean, whether you do or not, it's just they, they have a likability factor that you can't. It's some ingrained in you. You yeah. can't fake that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a ton of players that come to mind or former athletes. Uh, Bill Walton comes to mind. He's a guy that I would love to just hang out with for a day. Yeah, because you would go smoke weed with him at a Grateful <laughs> Dead concert, you freak. <laughs> Two freaky deekies at a Grateful Dead show. Or, or what's the other one now? What's the new one? The Dead and Company? Dead and Company? No, those are the New York Mets. <laughs> 
we're bringing the joke back. Exactly. Uh, it, it never gets old. It That's never why. gets old. The only thing with going to a show with Bill Walton is I'd have to make sure I'm standing next to him because I, I wouldn't know. be able to see a thing over that I, giant. Well, I was going to say, you would have to stand in front of him. <laughs> Just have him holding me exactly up. Exactly, like a like kid. Simba. Exactly, like the Lion King. <laughs> uh, another uh, memorable moment, at least with athletes on TV or in film, uh, well, Shaq and everything. Let's just say Shaq, Shaq and anything. Just Shaq him. and I love Shaq. Shaq and the ESPN commercials. Shaq and are hysterical, ridiculous. Um, another one that came to mind was Derek Jeter, SNL. Oh, dress absolutely. like the girl. What dress like the girl or the one um, where he's trying to do the news update and the I forgot who did the the actual news update with him was from Boston, and all he did the entire time Jeter was trying to talk was yell, Jeter! Jeter! <laughs> He's like, why are you doing that, man? Like, I gotta find that clip now, because That's that so was funny. one of the funniest bits, and he stayed his go. Like, he didn't break. I was like, I, I even, did you ever see Michael Jordan do SNL? I don't think I did, no. And Michael Jordan actually almost broke character, because yeah. he was laughing so hard, and it's it's funny to watch them do that. It's cool that they're even able to not break character, especially right. because they're not familiar they're not in actors. this field. They're not right. actors. They're athletes. They're people that play a game very well. Brett Favre and something about Mary. That's a great one. How did I not think of that? Boom. That movie is so freaking funny. I remember the first time I saw that. Yep. Oh, I was on the floor. That is a great choice. I got to watch that one again. Yeah, Brett Favre was always one for the TV. It's one of those too. that you actually, and you watch like a second time and you hear all the references to Brett and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, some- it, you're laughing so hard at some of the first comments, you miss a lot of what's going on because you're laughing so hard at yeah. that movie. That movie's one of those classics. They need to make more movies like that, man. Oh, absolutely. That, listen, there are many, there are, you know, a few stars from the sports world that can transfer over to acting and yeah. you know in the, and they do well and if you haven't seen this Aaron Judge clip yet you definitely should check it out um it's a lot of fun just watching him sit at this random desk with glasses on interviewing people um about himself and i mean it it's it was well done and the funny thing is that i i don't know where they find these people yes yeah. i would yeah. be like hey you're Aaron Judge but i i guess they don't want people like me cuz i screw up the joke that's true and i think Another common one that's been going on now recently is athletes dressing up as Uber or Lyft drivers. Oh, yes. Because that one, you wouldn't actually be able to tell because right. you, it's not like you're going to the front seat, looking the guy in the face, and then going to the back. You, you're sitting in you the You go back. right in the back seat. He says your name. You're like, yep, okay, all right, all right. And you start talking, and then right. all of a sudden, oh, Odell Beckham. Yeah. Can you imagine that? I don't know how I would react. I would just say I, that. I, I would say, say that that catch wasn't really that good. <laughs> To keep in mind, have, the, the one catch that Odell Beckham is famous for was against for. the Cowboys. Exactly. So that's kind of why we have that hostility. But uh, We have a lot of hostility towards Odell Beckham. We, <laughs> we don't do. like him. We do. Uh, that's going to wrap up another episode of the New Jersey Guys podcast. You could d- listen to it on our app, at the NJ1015 app. You can also stream it on NJ1015.com. It's also available for subscription on iTunes and Google Play. I'm Dan Tantillo. That's Chris Wenneman. Thanks so much for listening. Well. Wow.